This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. To Bink at Night. And welcome to Bink at Night, Jay Bink with Dusty Likens, the Dust Man. Dusty, good evening to you, my friend. Jay, always nice kind of like a new Monday thing. You know what? It really is. It doesn't seem like the Royals ever play at night anymore, does it? No. It, Pretty it, soon, it's not going to matter if they play at all anymore. They, they didn't play Wednesday night. They didn't play Thursday. They didn't play Friday. They didn't play Saturday. They played. Uh, Vern came on at uh, 10 o'clock a.m. today. Nice. It was uh, early morning Vern. I actually listened to a lot of the game today. Today was uh, definitely the the day of mowing. Um so I had to borrow the lawnmower from my from my stepdad. So I drive to Grain Valley, pick it up, drive back to Lee Summit, mow the yard, take it back to Grain Valley. You throw it in the back of the car and then just uh, do it. Yeah. You lay that blanket down so you don't get grass everywhere. No, I use the. There's a we have a truck <clears throat> that he has that I can use. And I, mean, I just throw it in the back of the bed. How many lawns do you mow? Just one, man. I'm too old these days to mow lawns, but that was. For all the kids out there listening or anybody that wants to do it, like, that is the best job in the summer. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Because all you got to do is lock down, it depends on your age, but all you got to do really is lock down six lawns. You do, you lock down six lawns and you, you know, you charge whatever it is. Like, that's a solid, every two weeks you're getting paid. It's the best job in the world if you have the writing lawnmower. That's also a big, a big one. Like one of those zero turn. That's things, a big one. Just fly down it and be down in like ten minutes. To me, there's there's not a lot of better feelings than a, than a fresh mowed lawn. I mean that. Like when you see your fresh lines, and I know there's people that hate that guy. Oh, you like do lines? Big line guy. Really? Oh yeah, we went diagonal today. Did you really? Oh yeah. You got to make it. You got to cut it differently every time. I'm a big line guy. Did you cross it too? So you had the vertical so, and horizontal. Oh yeah, I've already. This was cycle three, so there's four cycles. You go. So you basically you go vertical, okay. horizontal, and then you go diagonal each way, and then you go back and start over. Now I'm sure there's people that will say you don't have to do it every time, and you don't. But man, when you when you get done and you step back and you see those you see those rows of dark grass, light grass, little line that's even. And then if you're doing it on a Saturday, you can tell where the when the beer started to kick in because those last few lines are a little crooked. But man, there's not a lot of better feelings than uh, than a fresh mowed lawn that you did. No, there's no kidding about that. This is a good weekend, though. I mean, I, I don't know where you stood, Dusty. I know it was. Uh, 
Boy, it's hot in here today. It, might have, it is hot in here today. Would uh, you say it was ass hot when we first started? It's swamp ass hot. I've got a little bit of of of, of, of a moist back right now. I'm going to be honest with well, you. Well, sales and is we, cool. We've, we've sales got, is cool. Of course they are. And we have two hours and 97 minutes to go. Not 97, 57. Yeah, bottom line is. Who drips first is my question tonight, you or me? Uh, I already am. So. You're already dripping? <laughs> okay. I just have dew on the top, uh, but right now we're, it's getting there for sure. Well, the bottom line is it was good sports weekend. I don't know. You probably dove into Wells Fargo, the golf championship. Max Homa, man. Would you explain this to me? Yeah. That was 40 miles from where the Royals played Yeah, in Baltimore. And it had two rain outs. For, but yet they got golf in. Weather nature is weird. 40 miles. 40 miles. What did your fake radar say? I don't know. But, I mean, I watched the conditions on Friday and Saturday. It did not look fun. Ricky Fowler, uh, what an interesting look he's carrying. Uh, I like Ricky, but I think we've lost Ricky on the tour. That's the one guy that I root for to win a major, if it's not Tiger. I want sometime Ricky Fowler to win his to win his major. Um, but I can't I can't under I don't understand that. Like I get forty miles from here, that'd be the equivalent of what, like here to Warrensburg, right? Like there well, were times when I would drive into Blue Springs. Sure. And there's been times where like, what was it last week? Right? Uh, I was talking to you on the way home. We called each other uh, to talk over a topic that we had that night, and I could hear on your phone pouring yeah, rain, rain. And I'm like, hell. it's not even raining where I'm at in Lee Summit. And then, boy, no more did my door shut, and it was just monsoon. So it's, it seems like always rainstorms or snowstorms. There for a while, like I would get all the snow. Like yeah. it would snow on Friday nights all the time. Oh yeah, drove a lot of snow. Well, we did the what was it? The Chiefs Broncos game up yeah, here, yeah. and it was the the blizzard effect when yeah. Mahomes said he was a snow guy. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was. But yeah, it was a good weekend of sports. I'm loving NBA basketball. A lot of money on the line at that. My buddy and I have bet every single game back and forth. Your boy is down seventy five dollars though. Um, but we got Bucks tonight minus one and uh, Memphis plus ten. So, you know what? You had four NHL games yesterday as well. Didn't watch one of them. Formula One racing, which okay. I are you into that it. now? Yeah, you know what? I do like it. Do you watch the Netflix series? You know the next what Netflix series? Drive to Survive. I can't think of one sport that's benefited. The F one's always right. popular. It's popular in Monaco and Bahrain and Spain and Germany and the UK. That's it's where it's popular. Yeah, it's not as popular in the US. It's kind of like Premier League soccer. Sure. It's popular here. But it's a niche audience. There's and definitely like ones yeah. that because you got to get up early to watch it. Like Grant sure. and I are usually watching the end of it on Sunday mornings. We yeah. like to pick somebody. I pick somebody. He does, even though there's only like three winners <laughs> in F1. But we do that. Then we pick NASCAR just for fun. Um, but yeah, they drive to survive. I know a lot of people watch it on Netflix, and it really increased the popularity. I think Brett Beach was talking about watching that too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he was down there. Mahomes was down there. I mean. The guy that used to work for the Chiefs front office puts the race on in Miami every year. Ah. I was talking to Bob about it this morning, and he was talking about, well, he keeps talking about when the Chiefs move to Kansas. <laughs> I had to correct him and say, they haven't done anything yet, Bob. I still think they're staying in Missouri. But, you know, here's the thing. And this guy, and I told him this, too, He's because he's like, you know what, maybe they could put a, a Formula One track at the uh, Kansas Speedway. Here's the thing, Dusty. That race, that one race, Stephen F. Ross, the, Dol- the Miami Dolphins owner, right, made more money in that one race than every single Dolphins home game. Can you imagine that? Making more money on one F1 race than you do a high- entire season of the Dolphins. That just shows you a lot of money the in that kind F1. of money <laughs> that F1 brings. Pretty sure, uh, what is it, uh, Mahomes got 
the wife a brand new Lamborghini or Ferrari this weekend. That was Pretty a nice. that was a nice car. Was that out of Miami? <laughs> Probably. I mean, think they're driving back oh, eighty yeah. miles per hour home. Oh, yeah. I would put it on a truck and get it here. No, but th- that is I was I was gonna say that is like the one thing I think I'm gonna give a go is F1. Uh, it's my, fun. My butt, like you said, my buddy got hooked on the Netflix series because he was like, it's interesting because they can they're teammates. And then they kind of have to, like, let one of the other guys win, right? Well, everybody's got an ego. You've got an ego. I've got an ego. It just depends on how, you know, how well you can manage it. And they said that in some of these things, these situations, the drivers on the same team will begin to, like, hate each other. Because it's like, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do it my way. Well, we need to do this way because we're a team, one and two. And uh, and that's kind of how it goes. Somebody said, I'm really excited for the net, the PGA Netflix series. Um I'm kind of excited about this. This TNT keeps coming out with these documentaries about how that one guy, you know, the the pharma dude uh, killed the Wu-Tang. That one I can't wait comes out, or maybe it's already out. And the one before that was the Girls Gone Wild one. So there's a lot of good sports. And then did you watch the Derby? I know you're a big race guy. Derby, the, day, the Derby the day before, 81 odds winning it. What time do you turn on the coverage? Because they raced at 6. Yeah, <laughs> probably about 20, 25 minutes till the okay. race. I watched it, unfortunately, at the start of where they had – it was kind of cool. I got it. It was kind of too long, but I understood what they were doing, and they had the uh, they had every person on their broadcast team start at a different position of where the race – how the race, like, unfolds. So, like, the first person was like, this is where the guy that plays the trumpet, which is basically the alarm of, like, everyone sit down, shut up. And then they were like, then we move on to this part. We move on to this part. So that's where we started the coverage, and then it was kind of interesting to watch uh, an underdog of 80-1 to 1 win the Kentucky Derby because you know they're pissed that he won because now the odds of him winning the next one are very slim. But if he does, then everybody's tuned into the Preakness. Dude, he's still going to stud for tons of money. It's all he's going to do is go to a farm and stud. Right. And the thing was, he wasn't even the picture. What does, the, it, mean to, what does what? it mean to stud? Have sex. Okay. Yeah, with other horses. Yeah, to make other horses. So is that where the term stud came from? Like, that guy's a stud? I think so. But that's what they do. That they, guy's a stud. Get, What's that mean? You want to have sex with them? Exactly. Paid, they get paid to eat grass and do it. I mean, that's, no, I knew that. Yeah. It's a good life for them. And the other part is if they break their leg in the race. Mm. Yeah, then it's glue. Yeah. But the bottom line is, afterwards, he's, like, trying to fight with another horse. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? Yeah, I actually like He's, like, like biting it and stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, like, no one thought to be this guy. No one bets on him. Put it this way. Chris Falak, who does uh, mm-hmm. game day, he's a big horse racing guy, too. Entering yesterday in paramutual history, there have been 143 triple crown runners sent off 81 or worse. 143, 81 or worse. 33 finished last. Five didn't finished. One won. Donnerall, 91 to 1 back in the 1913 Derby, Dusty. That's well over 100 years ago. And just five others managed to hit the board. That's how rare that that 80 to 1 win was. And he wasn't even in the picture with the other horses because he wasn't expected to win. I think a few people might put a bar with a superfecta dollar bet and win you $300,000. Yeah. That's the thing that's insane. Like, I wish that they had it. I don't know if they did or not because I don't know how much longer I watched the coverage because uh, at that point I was probably already six or seven deep of the Farmer's Choice Bush Lattes, by the way, they had this weekend. John Deere cans, they were pretty nice. Had to buy them, support the farmers, I think. But whenever they were at the end of that race, uh, I thought that was also hilarious with the with the horse biting, but I was hoping they'd find like some like drunk dude there because, dude, you know there's not a sober person. I take that back. There's sober people in the crowd, but they're few and far between. And I was wondering if there was some guy 
that like found out he won on an eighty to one horse that put like a hundred dollars on it and just became instantly a hundred k. And I just they didn't ever. I don't know if they found the shot of anybody like that, but. That's what I want to see. I, I want to see the reaction of an underdog winning and the guy that bet won. But if I saw the horse doing that, like before the race, yeah. what I used to go to the Woodlands all the you time. You said that they up. peed. Yeah if, they, yeah, if the dog peed or whatever, yeah, I'd bet, bet on, on the, the horse. Yeah, or that Empty dog. bladder, they're that lighter. Dog, yeah, lighter. Yeah. But if I used to eat a horse like that, you might have put some money on. Because guess what? He wasn't even in the picture on the final call. Well, who is the... So, so yeah. next after three quarters in one minute, ten and four-foot seconds. And now Epicenter comes splitting horses and is moving up quickly as Crown Pride takes the lead around the far turn. It is Crown Pride battling with Messier. They're stride for stride. Epicenter and Zozo's in behind them. Cyberdex swings up on the outside. Sandon gets the rail run, and they're into the stretch. And it's Messier, Crown Pride, and Epicenter is coming up on the outside. Not even mentioned. Epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Sandon is coming after him. Epicenter and Sandon, these two, stride for stride. Simplification, now the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Epicenter, Sandon, Rich strike is coming up on the inside. Oh, my goodness, the longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, Rich Strike wasn't even mentioned until like five seconds left in that call, Dusty. But how great is that that that's the name <laughs> of the upset winner? Yeah, but wasn't even mentioned it, and all of a sudden he wins. And you know how horse racing's probably real snooty, man. They're probably turning the nose up at these, oh, you know, that's these, these for horses sure. that aren't, you know, 80 to 1 odds. And oh, whatever. it's and great. All of a sudden he wins. Like, it's a great story. I love it. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything invested in it, so obviously I don't. I don't hate it or anything like that, but It'd I mean, be it's fun just, to go to though. It's one of those bucket list item things to go to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I mean, it's, I would love to do it. I don't have the money to go to the Kentucky Derby. Like I would feel very like a person from flea bottom. That's a game of Thrones reference for those out there that know, but like, I feel like it would be one of those events kind of like, what's the, is it Talladega where everybody sits in the middle at the, at the race and you go, you know, just hang out and get slammed on Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday it's like, keep up. Um, but you know, who knows? See, being I'm not the only one. A few minutes behind on the Odyssey but, app, but uh, you're totally right. When you hit that fourth mow and your yard is green and almost looks plaid. And I don't think they'd ever come here. And I was telling you know, about telling Bob like, hey, it's such a European thing. That that's only the second course in America, at Miami. You know that thing's temporary too. They put it yeah. up because they'll remove that track. Yeah, and they'll put it back next year. But then next year's getting the race in Vegas. Like part of the strip will be used for it. So it's three already, but in 10 years, who knows? Maybe they won a Heartland race. Who knows? Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, joins us at 630. But coming up next, James Bradbury's now on the market. Should the Chiefs take a look? This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big and I, Jay Binkley, Dusty Likens. I got a text from Lawn Coach, dude that helped me out, Dusty. He liked your lawn talk. Says you're doing things right. This guy's like the master of turf. Like Christmas vacation. Clark was the master of, uh, well, his dad was the master of uh, exterior illumination. Nice. And he learned from him, so he respects your lawn work. I respect Lawn Coach so much because one day Wilkowski was helping me do, a long time ago, was helping me do... uh, some landscaping, right? We got too drunk to finish and had to call him to uh, finish the project for us. It's not the first time it's happened. One time I put one of those kids' swing sets up together a long time ago. 
And <laughs> those things tell, take all day. I've There's heard like those things are pieces. terrible. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. And it's it's at least a case of beer to do something like that. And we got hammered. By the end of the night, I'd have a neighbor come finish it because everything looked the same, you know. I'm not getting you've been too drunk to finish something. Uh, Well, depends on what the something is. Like there's something, there's some chores, there's something you're putting together, and all of a sudden you're like, realize you're too hammered to finish putting it together. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all been there. I got pretty rowdy on Saturday. Yeah, but if you're, if you're too drunk to do like a chore that you normally should be able to do sober, then. Right. You, you get it. But I would always call somebody in. You call in reinforcements to help you out. Yeah, well, you called an actual pro. Yeah, so that's what, what friends nice. are for. Yeah, that's what friends are for. Yeah, he's a pro, pro long guy. He so, just got there. He could tell, like, when the booze kicked in. Yeah. Because the, the foundation was good, yeah. the mulch was laid right, then the flowers were going and the your, opposite and way. And your crack is sunburnt, you know? Yeah, well, that sucks. That'd be a terrible spot to get a sunburn. Yeah, it is. Trust me, because you're down doing landscaping all day. and You said plumber's, cla- plumber's crack? I did. Completely yeah. sunburnt? It's a terrible place to get a burn. So it was just out all day. Yeah. So, you just so not only did I have that, but it was loaded. Mm. Yeah, not a, not a very fun day. Not good. That's going to be tough to wipe Yeah. with sunburn. Yeah. Bukowski was the same way. It's uh, extremely disgusting to, to visualize. Well, James Bradbury has been released uh, by the Giants today and. You know, Chiefs fans all over this. This is actually one of those things I think you can get behind. You're not asking the trade. The Chiefs are smart not to trade, make a trade for Bradbury, and everybody else knew it. They're going to have to release him. Like, that's the, some of the hardest cards to play when you're trying to trade somebody, but yet everybody knows that you're going to have to trade him at some point. Although, although, don't want a draft pick, make sure you get said player. Because now it becomes everybody's, you know, free for all. Then the recruiting comes. Then Andy Reid making a phone call. Then Patrick Mahomes making a phone call. And then the teams are more attractive to go play for. This is what happens. Here's Ian Rappaport from NFL Network on James Bradbury. Yeah, they found a way. Not the way they obviously would have wanted. The hope, of course, was that the New York Giants would be able to trade James Bradbury, find a suitor, someone who could redo a contract with him in a way that made sense for both sides, and they could just offload uh, most of the deal and kind of get out from under that. It was Really solid free agent signing for the Giants uh, at the time. He played pretty well, but it was simply not to be with the new staff. Obviously, that makes sense. They wanted to move on. And, you know, I would say it seems pretty clear, Tom, this is a, let's say, a little bit of a rebuild or retool year for the Giants. They're dealing with some money issues, uh, hard up against the cap. This was a way to deal with it. As far as the specifics here, the Giants, of course, as I mentioned, could not uh, trade James Bradbury, but they do get more than $10 million in cap savings, but still nearly $12 million in dead money. So $12 million in dead money. So they did save $10 million, Dusty, but you got to take that $12 million hit. So not exactly perfect uh, for the Giants. What kind of player is he? Because you look at the Chiefs secondary, and with Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed and James Bradbury, suddenly your secondary would really be a strength on this football team. Then you add in the Jalen Watsons, the Joshua Williams they drafted. And you think about some of these quarterbacks the Chiefs are playing. Herbert twice, Carr twice, um, Russell Wilson twice, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. There's only about four games where you don't like have an elite-level quarterback playing. But these are teams like the Titans. They don't have an elite-level quarterback. Or the Niners can run the ball extremely well. But, they're, you know, they're not happy with Trey Lance trying to move J- Jimmy Garoppolo, but still there's like four games where they uh, there's not really a quarterback battle that you want to see. Like the Chiefs are loaded 
with these quarterback bottles. Here's uh, Sean Marash that was on with Carrington Harrison a while back. He's on CBS Sports Radio, and he covers the Giants and absolutely loves James Bradbury. If you're getting James Bradbury as a corner, you are getting a legitimate top 20 corner in the NFL, a legitimate number one corner in the NFL. In fact, you can make the case that Dave Gettleman might be the worst Giants, or worst general manager in the NFL in the last 20 years, and the one proper talent evaluation he's had is James Bradbury. He drafted him in Carolina in the second round out of Sanford, made sure to sign him the moment he was a free agent and he was the general manager of New York. But he's a guy who made the Pro Bowl in 2020, got off to a little bit of a slow September start, but it's a guy that won't kill you with speed, but ultimately sticks with every number one receiver. And in fact, you circle back on that Chiefs-Giants Monday night game. Giants had no business in that game. James Bradbury opposite of Dory Jackson were two of the biggest reasons they were in that game, giving Patrick Mahomes fit. And he's good at man coverage, something they're looking at, but he also makes you know, his share of tackles as well. Not afraid to come up and tackle from that cornerback position. Played a lot of left cornerback uh, for the Giants. But interception-wise... He's got 15 picks since 2016, had four uh, picks last year. So I like him. I like Bradbury a lot. Would cost him, eh, essentially, I think Carrington thought the spot rack had like two years, $20 million, even though he was slotted to probably make over $18 million this year. Obviously, that's not going to happen for him, so he's got to bring the price tag down. He's still in his 20s, so he's still in that uh, prime for cornerbacks. Um, he's 28 years old right now. So, uh, yeah, it's still pretty good for James Bradbury. And and uh, CBS Sports looked at uh, the top seven landing spots. The Vikings, the Chiefs, Eagles, Raiders, Patriots, Bills, and the Washington Commanders that all be looking for his services. The Texans actually tried to work out a trade uh, with him. Probably when they lost Lonnie Johnson, so all of a sudden you have more interest on bringing in James Bradbury. But, you know... Cornerback was definitely served. Five defensive backs were drafted by the Chiefs in the top ten picks. And then you're thinking about pass rush. Well, George Karloftis actually from the edge. Leo Chennault that had eight sacks last year, but blitzing from the inside linebacker position. But it's probably not as strong as you want to see it. But you make your secondary this strong, good things happen for your football team, especially the teams that they're playing. And the fact that you're putting Patrick Mahomes on the field a lot more than he has in the past. But... Like, I get this one, Dusty, because you know every time somebody's out there and you say, should the Chiefs go get him, the answer unequivocally on this is yes. Go get James Bradbury because he brings an experience. I mean, you do, do lose Ward, but your secondary got better already with Trey McDuffie, which I think is going to be a superstar with the Chiefs. But Bradbury's been there, done that. The other thing that is is that this is once again a situation in which Brett Veach played well, if in fact he does uh, – you know, lure this fish in with his, you know, strategy because I don't know who's to blame here. I don't know if there's, you know, Bradbury's agent, somebody that works for the Giants, but it was clearly obvious that he was not going to get a deal done and he was not going to get a trade for this individual. So everyone kind of just stood pat and waited for the news that dropped today, which was he's a free agent. Call everyone, bluff. Call yeah, bluff. And they were just like, well, we know that we're not going to do it. So so that's that's step one, I think, in this long process and then two you have a you have a secondary that's been I'm not going to say sealed but I would say it's patched up and it's a good situation you had a guy like James Bradbury with his type of talent and you've got a pretty decent uh solid situation in the secondary here with with Kansas City is as they have to revamp that defense because as we know the AFC West is no joke and the AFC itself is no joke 
Um, there's a lot of great quarterbacks. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this league, and everyone's coming for you. And the Chiefs have have clearly uh, they've had a little bit of of you know surgery, a, a, a facial, I guess you could call that, a, a new job uh, uh, to make this team look different. Their their offense is different. There's no Tyree Kill. There's no Jarvarius Ward. There's no Tyron Matthew. There's no Dan Sorensen. And a lot of those names you hear and you say, well, thank goodness. But then the other part about it is, is once you start hearing that and you kind of take a step back, you go, okay, this is a new team. This is a revamped team. Because as we were talking earlier, Binkley, like windows shut for teams that don't make moves. And the Tennessee Titans window is completely closed, locked, and the curtains are pulled. Tannehill's saying the wrong thing at, at the media thing. You got Derrick Henry, and then you lost your star receiver in yeah. A.J. Brown. So now it's like, well, what are you going to do? You don't have a backup plan. The thing that you can always look at with the Chiefs as we wrap this Bradbury thing up is they have a backup plan. They drafted their corners. I'm not saying that all those five they drafted are going to make it. McDuffie was a steal, and like you say, and like I've heard a lot of people say, he's going to be good. There should be a lot of trust in that. You still have a Legereus Sneed. You still have a Juan Thornhill. But if you add more and you get quicker and you have a guy that Andy Reid said, like Carl Laftis, who has a motor that that literally sticks out, you're going to get pressure. You're going to have a solid secondary. You're going to see a new type of Chiefs team. That's exactly what they're doing because everybody else is trying to get better and better than you. You've got to stay above float or you'll drown quick. It's that, it's, uh, that Max Crosby motor. But here's the thing, Dusty. Brett Veach said it, man. Like his press conferences pre-draft are not really smoke and mirrors. He goes, they have 16, 18 guys rated as first-rounders. He said if there's somebody there, 19 or 20 or 21, he'll go down and get them. Right. And that's exactly what he did with Trent McDuffie coming down. Coming up next, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Joining us now, the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. You know him as Pete Sweeney. Good evening, Pete. How's it going, Jay? Hey, well, the schedule release is uh, just starting to trickle out. I would say that you're going to have some free time because you've been at rookie camp. We'll get that in a minute. But the schedule release is trickling out. Now, you didn't have anything to do today because the first uh, games released were week two, Monday Night Football doubleheader. Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, rematch from last year where the Titans won because the Bills couldn't carry over what they did against the Chiefs. Now, the interesting thing right. is that game's Monday, September 19th at uh, 6.15 Central. But the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles, Monday, September 19th, same day at 7.30 Central on ABC. So that's the first one released today on ESPN slash ABC Morning Show. Pete, playing two games at one time, I'm not a fan of this. No, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think they could have easily staggered. And, and yes, I, I can understand why there would be some pushback because people would still be at work when the first game would be starting if you, like, go 5 Eastern and 8 Eastern. But even still, I think you'd rather watch the conclusion of one game and be able to watch the whole game of, a, of another matchup. And so I think there was a slight botch by the NFL. You'll be able to catch the end of both games, but having to, to choose when you have the Disney company that runs both ABC and ESPN just, just didn't make a lot of sense to me. It could have been a really great night of a doubleheader, full doubleheader of football. Especially since they spent all that money on Joe and Troy, you know. You'd think they'd want to, you know, spotlight them. That's right. That's right. And, you know, where's the Manning cast go? How does that huh? all work? It, Split it's Manning? a little confusing. I, 
I've really liked in previous years where you do have that West Coast game late. Me too. You catch the full game as opposed to I, I'm in complete agreement. With you. Well, the way it's supposed to work tomorrow is CBS game released a select game on uh, on um, on these on the morning show. Then Fox uh, on uh, Wednesday, Thursday will be NBC. And then Friday, or excuse me, Thursday at 5, teams release their first home game. And then at 7 o'clock, they finally release the entire schedule. This thing is dragging on uh, forever. I love it because the NFL just keeps doing things right. Now, it's a select game, right, Pete? This could be any time during the season tomorrow when it's announced on CBS. Yeah, it, it, it seems like they're they're leaning into the bigger games, which makes so we'll find out. I, I tend to think they're trying to give each team an announcement here in a sense. So I'm not sure if we'll hear the Chiefs' names again in a game um, connected until what would be Thursday with, with the big release. I am eager to see who the Chiefs start against. We do know that that game will be on the road. We're just waiting on the opponent. Yeah, I'm just curious if NBC would put like the Buccaneers and Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Or the Chiefs Bills on Sunday Night Football. Like I'm kind of waiting for that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it also depends uh, upon CBS protection. You know that that could be a game that maybe you have one of these markets or I should say stations that wants to protect that game, and then rather than getting it maybe on Sunday Night Football, you get Chiefs and Bucks in that late afternoon window that they kind of consider what would be their game of the week. So there's a lot of options here. Eager to see the full schedule because. I, I know this, and, and I'm, I know you feel the same way, and I think a lot of people in Kansas City feel the same way. You can't really plan the rest of your, your year until you know when the Kansas City Chiefs are, are playing, and so we'll finally find all that out on Thursday night. Do you like the way they do this, Pete? Because uh, I remember a short time ago where you and I did this about five years ago, and we got laughed at. <laughs> and uh, we thought it was a big deal, but it wasn't that big a deal. I mean, it's turned into an animal. Yeah, no, it's it certainly has become what is just another one of those NFL pillars, and I I think you, you know it's a worthy it's a worthy cause just because I like I said I uh, the thing about Kansas City in, in planning and, and trying to get ready for the fall for a lot of teams uh, around the league and you know they have just as passionate fans as, as Chiefs fans and so I I think it's a a big time for NFL fans and they could really figure out okay not only like am i am i going to go here you know from all my home games maybe i can finally plan you know where i'm going to travel i know a lot of chiefs fans like to travel to one game a year so you can probably start to do that as well yeah you need to make that vegas trip pete that needs uh, to be on the yeah i'm you know me i go to all the home games and i try to go yeah. to at least a handful of these ro- important road games and so we'll see what the raiders record is by the time we get to the vegas game maybe i will have to head on out to las vegas Pete, we'll talk about rookie minicamp here in a second. We're talking to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. And, and Pete, when you think about um, the Chiefs this year and you know some of the pressures that the Bengals are going to have now, they don't have high Super Bowl odds. It's one of the, the lowest, actually, uh, for returning AFC champion. But are teams going to be able to carry that bullseye on their back? Because I know last year the Bills couldn't do it. If anybody in Buffalo really wants to complain about what happened, how about the game was in Kansas City? when they should have taken care of business and had the game in Buffalo because it very easily could have been played there had they kept up their end of the bargain, not losing to teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars or Cincinnati because, you know, they kind of got a free pass last year. They had four wins the year before. Now teams are going to play them differently. I think a lot of these teams are going to see the same treatment the Chiefs have seen lately. 
Yeah, I, I think there is some of that. And it was the Chiefs for a long time because they just were the class. And, you know, you go to the Super Bowl two years in a row, who else are you going to feel that way about? But I think a lot of people respect the Bills. I, I tend to think the Bills are going to be the most popular pick to win the AFC. It doesn't seem like anyone wants to pick the Chiefs. It doesn't seem like the popular pick. Uh, so I, I could see a lot of people picking the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC. So with that will come a target in itself. Then you have the AFC champions. Tough to say that in Kansas City, but you have the AFC champions and the Cincinnati Bengals who will be getting uh, other teams' best shot now because they went to the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs remain on top. I mean, this is still a team that for the last four years in a row has been in the final four. So if you can get a win against Kansas City, especially in Kansas City, I think that means a lot for your franchise. So I, I do still feel like the Chiefs will get some of that treatment as well. Pete, you're fresh off the uh, rookie mini camp. Uh, it ended today. It was a three-day uh, camp that they had. Andy Reid spoke today about some of the rookies. It's been defensive back heavy. Uh, five defensive backs were selected out of the 10 picks in the draft this year. Obviously, they're looking at all the quarterbacks they play next year. It's the who's who in the National Football League, and really only four teams don't have elite-level quarterbacks in the next year the Chiefs play. But uh, with Trent McDuffie especially, um, how did you like him today? And also, would you, uh, would you take a gander at James Bradbury, who was released today? Or are they going to be just fine? Well, the Chiefs have thrown so many darts at cornerback and really just defensive back in general. And you've created a situation in Kansas City where you have a lot of these guys. You could say it about the wide receiver position as well. You have a lot of these guys are vying for about two or three spots. And not to say that James Bradbury is necessarily going to uh, be at risk of making the team. I think if he came here, he'd make the team. But for a team that went so heavily invested in defensive backs, you wonder if he would want to maybe go somewhere else where he can be the certain guy, the guy that, that runs that room. You know, you have um, other players in Kansas City as well. I, I think if Bradbury wants to come to Kansas City, I think why not? I think the, the room is very much unproven, and why not put another veteran in there for the right price that, you know, maybe it's a one-year deal where plays one year for Kansas City, uh, plays really well, and then can go hit the open market and, and really prove uh, himself and prove his worth. Uh, he didn't have a great final year with the New York Giants. So I, I think there is room there. And then when it comes to McDuffie and watching him, because this is really the future of Kansas City, this is their uh, first rounder that they ended up trading up for, I thought it was really interesting to see that he was working all over the field at rookie minicamp. I wonder, and this is just me wondering out loud, if the Chiefs would maybe leave Legereus Sneed as an outside cornerback, your, your number one guy, and maybe it could be McDuffie taking over that role where, you know, when you are in the nickel and dime, you see him going into the slot. You saw him working the slot, which is a little bit different than what Andy Reid said initially after the draft. So uh, it looks pretty good out there. It's tough to really judge these guys in, in shorts, but you you like that a lot of them got their feet under them uh, this weekend. Yeah, I heard you asking Andy Reid that question. Also, so I assume you have McDuffie as a starter. Um, what about George Karloftis? Because, you know, Andy Reid, you know, talk about him going 100 miles an hour today. Uh, I had his head coach on, Jeff Brom, over draft weekend. Yeah. He's got a relentless motor. To me, I know people have made comparisons, and and I throw out Max, Max Crosby. I mean, that, that kind of just relentless motor. You can't slow them down. You can't stop them. They're just going to come at you every single second. That's who Max Crosby is to me. That's who he reminds me of. We might see a lot of him. Even if Melvin Ingram comes back, we could be seeing a lot of George Karloftis. At least it looks that way here. What do you think, Pete? Yeah, I, I would completely agree. And, and when it comes to McDuffie, you know, just briefly, I think in an ideal world, 
the Chiefs have McDuffie and Snead as starters in the base. And if McDuffie can learn that nickel quick, then maybe he becomes the guy that goes in and you see Rashad Fenton come in on the outside. So it needs to be seen how they work it. I know they're going to be learning that in training camp. And then you're right, with George Karloftis, I, I, I saw him at camp, and he didn't look like a rookie. He didn't look like a guy that was taking his first snaps in the NFL, which is exactly what you needed to see at rookie minicamp. So now a couple weeks here, May 25th, we'll get to see how he performs uh, in these uh, organized team activities, OTAs, and uh, building all towards training camp and really padded practices. And, I mean, that's the one thing that you could tell with a lot of these guys uh, when it comes to intensity on the defensive side of the football. Like, Carl Loftus, as Andy Reid said today, is going to be needed to told, like, hey, let's not kill our teammates when they get to, like, a thud period <laughs> or even a tackle period of training camp. I feel the same way about Aleo Chanel. And I think that fits well with what Nick Bolton was already bringing to the table. You know that Justin Reed is going to be wanting to prove himself. So it's a young defense that loves intensity and loves turning it on. And I think it's going to be very different than maybe what we saw in what was like an older version of the Chiefs defense last year. And last but not least, Pete, I'll ask you about Darian Kennard, the offensive lineman, the right tackle. Yeah. He seems like a guy that would fit right in with what they're doing. And, you know, it's going to be a different-looking offensive line this year, even though it's basically the same guys, but having a year of working together is so big uh, for offensive linemen, and you're, and you're really looking at the line from Mahomes into his 30s. But it looks like I would not be shocked if we're at the first day of St. Joe and he's the starting right tackle. I know Wiley's back, but torn patellar tendon coming for Lucas Niang, that is hard to do, especially a man that size. But I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being a starter for the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't know about day one. Uh, it, they might do, they might go in that direction. Uh, they were pretty confident in Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith right away last year, so you never know. I think Andrew Wiley's kind of earned at least the first crack, but I think very soon into training camp you'll, you'll see them alternating, and that to me is the very um, the, the only battle, I should say, on the offensive line is, is right tackle. And the Chiefs are treating him like a right tackle. What was funny is I, I think a lot of people assumed and draft analysts assumed that whatever team drafted him, he was going to be moving inside. And the Chiefs have said and been consistent in saying that, no, uh, we see him as a right tackle. Andy Reid, after watching him for three days, was very complimentary of uh, what Kennard was bringing to the table. And I think he has a real shot here to start as a rookie. And then you have a really complete offensive line. You guys, he's got these guys on there. Rookie deals for the most part. Joe Tooney is signed long-term. If you can figure it out with Orlando Brown, man, you're locked in, which is kind of incredible to say um, that you completed this really this overhaul of the offensive line, quality players, young players, uh, and were able to do it in two off-seasons' time. Very impressive job by Brett Beach. Uh, again, if Kennard is able to pan out. I know you said last question, Pete, but I have to ask about Justin Ross. Everybody's asking about Justin Ross. Andy Reid talked about him today. <laughs> Nobody's talking about an undrafted fridge. Andy Reid said it was a little, what, a little slower at the start, but last couple days has looked good. Who knows? They're in shorts or whatever, but he'll have his chance in St. Joe. He'll have his chance in St. Joe, and, um, you know, I, I – I was putting out these notes on Twitter, and it certainly was the most play, popular player that was <laughs> asked about. Um, he has got the attention of the fan base. I think a lot of fans are hoping that Brett Beach got one on the rest of the NFL and getting this guy in camp. Uh, through three days in shorts, and I'll emphasize that, I didn't really see it. Uh, you know, you're looking at two possible wide receiver positions uh, that are, might be open for what would be a Justin Ross. I, I couldn't wrap my head around from what I saw in this brief look of him winning – those, one of those two positions, especially if he's not a guy who's going to play special teams, uh, that remains to be seen. He's a little bit oversized and a little bit too slow, I think, for special teams. But 
again, um, you know, that's going to be up to, to uh, Dave Tobe. And, like, you know, if I had to predict right now, and it's my way too early prediction, I could see the Chiefs maybe moving on from Ross because they don't have the room and then him ending up getting a receiver position with another team. But we're so early here. He could look better in OTAs and he could look better in training camp. But, yeah, I wasn't – I wasn't so impressed with uh, Justin Ross, at least through this look. Well, OTAs, minicamp start. Uh, they start really on May 18th is when the uh, first day starts and go through. Pete, uh, always enjoy talking to you, my friend. Thank you uh, very much. All right, Bink. Take care. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Bink, Dusty Likens. Get that AC on yet, Dustman? You better believe it, Bankley. Damn it, I'm going to be real with you real fast. Because I don't understand. This music's kind of nice. Kind of reminds me of the show True Blood, little Louisiana blues country. Feels good for the weather that we have today. Okay, so let's dive into it. You can't be this person. You know what? You can be whatever you want. I'm not going to say you can't be anything. But the people that were pissed... All last week with how rainy it was and how wet it was outside. And and I was one of those people like, come on, man. Like 90% of my life, I want to be outside. Can I, can I take me as something honest? I really yeah. didn't mind. The rain? I didn't mind. Yeah. I didn't mind. I mean, I just, it's, I don't know. So, like, I like to do a lot of stuff outside. Love to golf. Yeah. Love to walk. Well, yeah, if you're doing that love stuff. To, yeah. Love to grill out. And I have an overhang on my patio on my, on my, uh, at my house. But what's annoying is that like all these people that were upset with the rain and the, and the gray skies and all this now we're still upset because it's 90 degrees and you got to put your AC on. There's a few things. What's well, the gas price does, man. People I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know, it sucks. You know, thanks gas prices, Putin. But the thing about it is, is that like, I'd rather it be 90 and hot than it be, rainy and 60 like that's just me and the reason so is to me like i told you if i had my way there's a cold beer in one hand there's a grill that's on fire right now and there's probably a chicken breast a pork chop a burger a brat a steak salmon filet something's getting cooked on the grill tonight and somebody might be like oh it's too hot to grill no 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 no. it's perfect to grill because now it's the evening you got a cold one this is okay weather with me. I'm okay with this. I'm not okay when it's just a monsoon constantly in the backyard. Prepare for it. Wear light clothing, short sleeve shirt, shorts. Well, they, I know you can't do it. Just grab a chicken sandwich on the way home. You know, you can, be call it a night. You know? That might happen because they got this new Buffalo Ranch chicken sandwich at Popeyes that your boy's probably going to hit up. Can you get anything better than that? I don't know that combo. I mean, that's up there with chocolate and peanut butter. You know, I've been throwing buffalo sauce on macaroni. I'm okay Let me with tell that. you something. Let me tell you something. It's a game changer. Tell him B-Dub about it. Oh, he's talking about his Connoisseur macaroni. there. He tried yeah. it. You know, B-Dub tried it. He liked it. Throw some buffalo sauce on macaroni. You can't get wrong and with I, hot I sauce. I can't cook worth the crap. And you know, I almost said the bad word, but um, <laughs> I did. I almost had a dump button myself. People gripe no matter what. Last week was fine. This weather sucks. How does this weather suck? It's hot. And AC goes on, and your car okay. takes more gas. Well, it's an expensive time of year. You can roll man. the windows down. I had a, I had a. Do you know how cheap utilities were in April, in March? Yeah, 
That's it called like seasonal cheap. weather. But I know what it is seasonal yeah. weather. But you know, I, mean, I get this little Evergy thing every every week. This email it tells me how much I spent. Like I'm in a war with Evergy. Yeah. So I like to be less than the week before. Yeah. Right. Like I'm real cautious about being less than the next week. I'm like right. real careful about that. Well, they tell they send you an email once a week. They'll yeah, be like, "Here's it. how you save this say, week." I spent four dollars yeah. last week less. Yeah. See, you're doing Dude, something that was right. Like, that was like a victory to me. Yeah. Well, you're gonna spend four dollars more this week. Yeah. It feel good. I like this weather, but man. if I had to put the AC on, it changed things. I, I got to have a cool man. You know, this is ridiculous. Does I set my thermostat at fifty nine degrees? Okay, when it's cold. Yeah, if, the way if it gets less than fifty nine, it kicks on. But it yeah. usually doesn't because usually right. you know. Well, I mean, in the winter time, you just throw on an extra hoodie, you throw on an extra blanket on the bed. You just you know you you do it. You go get a heated blanket, whatever you want to do. I don't know. Today, you turn the AC on and you sleep like a baby at night. That's what I gotta say. Well, I think the best thing to do tonight is you go and get your chicken sandwich. That's right. You swing by Quick Trip and get your, what do you do, half ice and half shaved I, ice? I tweeted that out, at Dusty Likens, if you want to respond. I said, well, when you go to Quick Trip, how do you how do you fill your cup? I'll tell you how I do it. Big Q, quarter of cubed ice, just a quarter, quarter of cubed ice. I'm sorry, crushed ice, crushed ice, quarter of crushed ice, and then the rest with whatever uh, whatever beverage you get. Why don't you just go crushed ice the whole thing? Because I don't want to fill my cup up with crushed ice. I get there for the so- I get there for the drink, not the ice. Have you ever noticed those fridges that have the the ice makers and They're stuff? They're awesome. Like the, the crush never works. No, it's always like very. Uh, it never works. It's like uh, peeing after sex. It sprays everywhere. And then the ice maker won't work much longer either. No, which is a real luxury to have it. Yeah, it just I just more out. so like the refrigerator because it's got the filtered tap for water. You never know. And then you're like buying I, ice. That's right. <laughs> and it defeats. But no, today the whole is a, today's a perfect day. Now, you can't golf a lot today. Today's a bad golf day because the wind. There's like 26-mile-an-hour winds Every out of the south. It's been windy. It's, it's been, been nuts. a little nuts. Um, but today's tough. But you, today's a good day to mow. Fill up that cup, you know, a quick trip, quarter of ice, crushed ice, Gatorade. Slam that sucker. And then once you're done mowing, you see your perfect lines. You sit in your lawn chair, and you just chill with a cold one. And if you don't drink, have a nice iced tea. I don't know what to tell you. Sweet tea, however you drink it. Or an Arnold Palmer. Those are really good, too. Coming up next, the NFL schedules are being trickled out on morning shows. I'll let you know who's trickling one out tomorrow. Plus, we'll talk about the Royals and what the hell's going on next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 